Amen. All right. Hey, give Eric a big hand. It's Eric Hawkinson, our core youth pastor and our band. Man, what a blessing to be able to just do something like that, to have this kind of talent and ability on our stage. We are just absolutely blessed. Yeah, give them a big hand again. Let them know. They work hard. They come in early. They stay late. And I just appreciate all that they do. All right, let's continue our series. It's called Playlist, where we're taking different songs that you hear on the radio. Uh, this is kind of a part of my radio background. I did that for 18 years and uh, worked at Z104.5 for a number of years. And I did some country for a while at Kick 99. And, and so next week we'll do a country song, kind of in honor of that. And each week, though, we want to take a song because songs really tell a story of our lives. I mean, there's just songs that resonate with us, and they tell stories about our culture and who we are and where we're going and how we feel, and songs just have a way of doing that like nothing else can. And so we're taking these songs each week, and then uh, the band will perform them, and then I'm going to preach about them. we got two more to go. This week, uh, I want us to go to Romans chapter 7. So if you have a Bible, let's go to Romans chapter 7. If you don't have one... Bibles are free at the end of the service. Come up to the front, you can get one, or you can get one in the next steps room right afterwards. Uh, you don't have to ask any questions. Say, I need a free Bible, and we'll, we'll make sure you get one. We want everybody to have the Word of God. But Romans chapter 7 is where we're going to be uh, at this morning. And let me give you some background while you're looking that up. If you're on a mobile device and you've got the Bible there, I'm in the New Living Translation, okay? The NLT is what you're looking for. But in Romans, uh, it's written by the Apostle Paul, and if you're new to church, the Apostle Paul was uh, one of the leaders in the early church. He helped to start churches all around the world. He was one of the first to do that, and uh, he wrote different letters to the Christian church, and this was a letter that he wrote to the church in Rome. And in, in chapters 6, 7, and 8, I would encourage you to write that down. They, these are three of my favorite chapters in all of Scripture, Romans 6, 7, and 8. He tells this um, tension. He talks about this tension that we have as followers of Jesus. So if you're a Christ follower today, he talks about this tension that we have in our lives with our sin nature, that this, this sin that keeps tripping us up, that even as a follower of Jesus, I'm, I, I tend to struggle, and why am I still struggling with sin? And he kind of talks about this over these three chapters, and I want us to go to chapter 7. Let's go to verse 18, because I want us to kind of focus, and it comes to this pivotal point here in this passage of Scripture where he says this. This is Paul talking. And I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I, I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if, if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong, it's it's sin living in me that does it. And I've discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that is at war with my mind, and this power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is in my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. Let's pray over the reading of God's word. Father, in this moment, thank you 
for how your spirit is already here today and thank you how you've already ministered to us and what you've just been doing over the last decade or so and this church is amazing and in this moment we know you have a word for us. So God, right now in this moment we first open up our hearts to you. Uh, Just take all distractions away. God, we pray for those around us, those that we might know and we might not know them, but God, those that sit beside us and those who are in front of us and behind us, God, would you speak to them today? And church, I'd ask that you pray for me as your pastor that I would be faithful to what God once said and only to what he once said. And if you're ready to hear from the word of God in Jesus' name, give me a big amen. Amen. Well, in the song by One Republic, it says this lyric right here. I feel something so right by doing the wrong thing, and I feel something so wrong by doing the right thing. Paul said that earlier. It's a total rip-off a lyric there, stolen, plagiarism. Uh, Paul should get some writing credits, because this is what he says in Romans 7.19. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Can I get an amen? amen. I. I feel that pain. I think we can all relate to that because we, we all have something that continually trips us up. If you're a follower of Jesus, let's just be real. Because I'm the pastor and I'm not supposed to struggle and I'm supposed to be free of all of this and, and yet there are things that, that pull me. I want to do what's right, but I end up doing the thing I don't want to do. Can I, can I just be real and let you know I think this is a safe place? Can I tell you what, what mine is? Maybe you don't want to hear what mine is. Uh, but, well, this is, this is mine right here. Gets me every time. I, I, I can resist candy. I don't really like candy. I can take it. I can leave it except for, for this. The Reese's peanut butter cups. And, and, and on my birthday, which was a few weeks ago, uh, a member of the staff tempted me. Put something in front of me to trip up a brother in the Lord. And they not only gave me a Reese's, they gave me a king-size Reese's. Okay, some of you are feeling me now, aren't you? Yeah, so it's my birthday, and, and I, I'm sitting at my desk, and, and I, know, I know what you're thinking. You know, when you're tempted, you should flee from it, right? You should flee from it. But I, it's my birthday, and I was like, oh, this, I just thought I'd put it on my desk because it just looks so good on my, on my desk just sitting right there. And, so I was just looking at it, and I was like, yo, I'm going to eat that. I'm going to eat that later. <laughs> later. And, and so, you know, two, three minutes went by, and later arrived. And, uh, and I was like, you know what? I, I, I'm just going to eat one. I, you know, I, I, and so I opened it up, and, and, and I took one out, and I just, the, the chocolate just, whoo, just, just exploded in my mouth with the peanut butter. And I was like, whoo, whoo, that is good. So wrong, but it's so right. And, and then, I, so I finished that first one, and I, and I thought, well, you know, this is a king size, but really, if it was a normal one, it would have how many? Not one, but two. Yeah, and you know, you, you, you open it, I said, well, I'll just eat, eat the other one. And so I, I dug in, and I, I ate the other one, and, 
And I was sitting there, and I started to go back to, to work, and I thought, you know, I'm, I, I'm not going to eat four of them. That would be ridiculous. And I, this, is, this is truth. I looked over at it, and I was like, king size. Does that really mean four? And I put my hand on it. And <laughs> like this. I was like, yeah, yeah, there's two more. And it just started calling to me. You ever have that one? Oh, I'm peanut butter deliciousness. You know you want to. And I was like, no, I need to show some self-control. I'm like, no, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm fighting this, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm, just, I'm just pulled towards it, and finally I just can't resist it anymore, and 10 minutes later, they were all gone. And I, I, I sat there in guilt and condemnation and thinking, why did I, why did I do that? The, tr- the truth is we all, we all have a weakness. If we we're honest with each other, we, we have a weakness. We have something that just trips us up. We have something that, that pulls us in a direction. For some of you, you're like, Reese's, Reese's don't get me. I'm not Reese's. This is, this is mine. And so what is yours is yours, and what is mine is mine. And no, no two are ever the same. And the, the tragedy, though, is that most of the time it's a little bigger than a Reese's. I don't know what it is that trips you up. I don't know what it is that you, you struggle with. Maybe, maybe it is overeating. You know, honestly, as we're laughing about this, it's not, it's not funny to you. Because you get up in the middle of the night and it just pulls you. And you, just, you don't want to do it, but you get pulled to it and you try to come back. And then you do it and then you just have this guilt. And I, I've tried to overcome this. I've tried to conquer it. And I just, I can't conquer it. It's just, <laughs> maybe it's overspending. Like, you, you, you can't control your wallet. You can't control the credit cards. You max out one credit card, and you go get another credit card, and, you, you, and then you got the bank drafts that are coming in over and over again, and you just you want to stop. You don't, you don't really need the stuff. You don't really want the stuff, but there's something that keeps pulling you in that direction, and you try to pull back, but you keep getting pulled back again. And Maybe for you it's not that. Maybe it's none of those things. Maybe it's like gossip. Maybe gossip is yours. Like, we laugh about telling people, like, oh, I heard this one time, and they said this, and they did that, and... and and you don't want to talk about people? Like you don't want to talk and you, somebody told you something in confidence and you know, I should probably not say anything, but you can't keep your mouth zipped and you just share it and then you're like, man, I shouldn't have done that. And what, what is yours? Is it lying? Is it maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's lying or, or maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's an addiction like you, you, just, you don't want to go towards that addiction and you're trying to get away from that addiction and, and, and you know that it's not the right thing, that it's wrong when you do it, but you go and you do it anyway. Is there any hope? Is it even possible to get free from this? Let's go back to, to Romans chapter 7. Because I think there's one step that, that many, many people miss in getting free. And it's one that if you miss this step, you will never be free. If you miss this one step, you will never get free. And Paul, in chapter 7, has kind of the same struggle that we have. He's struggling doing the right thing, and he keeps doing the, the wrong thing. But then he fi- finds the answer so let's, let's go through this together. Verse 21, he said this, I have discovered this, let's say this together, this what? Principle of life. Let's say it again. The what? Principle of life. What does that mean? It simply means this, that it's a fact, it's a given, 
it's going to happen. Okay, turn to the person next to you and say, it's a fact, it's a given, it's going to happen. It's a fact, it's a given, it's going to happen. What's, what, what's going to happen? That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong? That's the principle. Everybody's going to deal with that. I mean, do you, do you ever feel like you're continually falling short? Like you're, you're, you're trying to be somebody, that, and you don't want to be like that, but you continually get tripped up. It's, it's like the Apostle Paul says here, you want to do what is right, but you inevitably do what is wrong. So what do you, what do, you do? You're like this. You're like, you know what, I'm, I'm just, I am not, I'm not going to do that anymore. You know what, I'm, I'm going I'm to get myself free from this, and I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm walking away from you. And I, no, no, don't you come looking for me because I'm, I'm uh-uh, no, I'm not, I'm going to, I am going to conquer this, I am going to get free from this, I, I, I'm not doing this anymore, and then you find yourself right back in the middle of it again. What is, what's wrong with me? I mean, I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus. Why does this keep tripping me up? What's interesting here is the Apostle Paul here also admits and says that he struggles. Here's the thing, you're not alone. You're not alone, I'm not alone, we all struggle. Turn to the person next to you and say, you struggle and I know it. We, we all. Didn't that make you feel, oh my goodness, they know me. I just feel so vulnerable right now, they know they, everybody knows. Everybody in the church knows. Is this going to be Confession Sunday? If they're doing open mic, I'm going to get my burger right now. I've got to go potty. That's what I'm going to do. I know he's going to open mic time, and I'm not, not going to open mic time. <laughs> Those never play out well, okay? <laughs> so always that one person that gets up, and they start talking. You're like, oh, my Lord. I should have put my kids in the kids' ministry today. They were going to say that. Not going to do that. But the Apostle Paul, he says, he, he struggles. The, the, did you hear what I said? The, the apostle. He's like one of the super apostles. This is a dude who wrote almost the entire New Testament, okay? It's like Jesus, a couple things about Peter, a little bit of John, and then boom, Paul, okay? Paul like owns the New Testament. And this guy says, I struggle just like you do. So, so what is it? What is it that causes us to struggle? What is it that causes us to be overcome even when we're followers of Jesus. Look at verse 22. Paul says this, I love God's law with all my heart. And that's, that's what I said. Man, I, I love Jesus. Man, I love God with all my heart, and I love his word. That's, that's what Paul is saying here. And why, why do I keep struggling with this? What's, what's going on in verse 23? There's another power within me that is at war with my mind. And this power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Uh, this past summer, we went to um, Colorado, and we got to go to a place called Garden of the Gods, which is just an unbelievably beautiful, majestic place, a lot of hiking and a lot of climbing. And so we were hiking and climbing all over the place. And, and if you've ever been in that part of the country, they have um, 
they have places you're not supposed to climb because it's extremely dangerous. Like people die, and so they post these signs basically where people have died and done stupid things. And so they post these signs that tell you, do not climb here. And I thought it would be a really fun to have uh, my son Jeremiah take a picture of me on the other side of the sign. I thought that would be awesome. So he did. Here it is right here. This is a picture. This is the sign, and this is what it says. No hiking or climbing beyond this point. Serious injuries and fatalities have occurred. Play it safe. Stay off the rocks. Exclamation point. Then the fine print says, violators, $500 fine. I'm like, get my picture, man. This is going to be awesome. So he snaps his picture. Right after he snaps the picture and puts the camera down, I turn to come back down to the area where I'm supposed to be, and I slip and I fall right on my butt. (laughs) Which, when you're a dad, that ain't cool. When you're the son on the other side, oh, have you not waited for that moment? (laughs) He's like, yeah, dad. Should have seen the sign. How many times? How many times have I told you? I've told you, and I've told you, and you just don't like. Just give me that camera back right now. But isn't that exactly what happens to you and to uh, to me? We we have this great book right here. God's given us. His law. He's given us his, his word. He's, he's posted warning signs all, all along the way to keep us from harm. And like Paul, man, we, we love this word. Man, Paul says, I love God's law. We, we love it. We know it. But we ignore it. Then we blow it. I, I think what happens to us, too, is we, we kind of convince ourselves that, you know, that, that's, that was the last time. Do you ever say that to yourself? That's, that's the last time. I'm, I'm, that's it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not doing that again. And then you go right back to it and you change a couple numbers on the spreadsheet so it looks good at work. Nobody's really going to know. And it's just, just this, it's just this one time because, I mean, I, I, I'll get the bonus and if I don't just fudge this a little bit, then I, and you're like, I shouldn't be doing that, but you, you do it anyway. Or you blow up in anger at a coworker or a family member. That's the last time. What's the last time? I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do that again. Or maybe you tell a lie. You know, you're just lying about this, or you just say a little lie about that. Or you go, you know what, I'm, you click on the Internet. This is the last time I'm going to do that. I'm not, I'm not going to click. I'm not, do, I'm not going to. This is it. I'm done. And, and, and I'm finished. And whatever, whatever it is that keeps tripping you up, I'm, I'm not going to do this. And God has, has posted all of these, these warning signs for us. And I think it's like the song. The, the lyrics of the song, I think, tell this story really well. Here's what the song lyrics say. I, I see this life like a swinging vine. My, I swing my heart across the line, and in my face is flashing signs, and seek it out, and, and ye shall find. And isn't that what we do? We, we, we just kind of swing out, and we ignore the warning signs. We, we just blow right by them. We swing out. We land hard. We get hurt, 
We hurt others around us. Paul says this in verse 24, which I think is one of the most powerful verses in all of Scripture because it's so true. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who's going to free me from this life that is what? That is what? Dominated. That is dominated by sin and death. When my oldest son was a preschooler, we went to Frontier City. He was like four or five years old, something like that. And uh, we went to Frontier City, and they have the pirate ship ride. I haven't been there in a few years. Do they still have that pirate ride where you swing back and forth? They're going to have it at the fair, I'm sure, this year. You know the one where you get in the pirate boat, and it just swings you back and, and forth? And, and I saw that, and I thought, man, that, that, that looks like fun. Let's, let's go on that. And Laura's like, I think Stephen's too young for this, and I think maybe we should wait. And I'm like, ah, he's fine. It'll be great. He's going to look at it just swinging. It's like, it's like a little swing ride. It's cute. Well, I convinced her that it'd be okay for us to get on this ride, and so we, we get on the ride, and my first mistake was going to, the, like, the back of the boat, okay? Like, <laughs> that was stupid. <laughs> and we get on the back of the boat, and it starts going. It starts swinging, and I'm like, see, isn't this fun? Aren't you having fun, Stephen? I'm here. Stephen is here. Laura's next to me, and then, the, and then the ride where you get on is over here. And we start swinging, and then it starts going higher, and then higher, and then higher, and I'm looking at my son, and he goes from wee to And that's when I know I'm in trouble. I'm in serious trouble. And he loses it. And he just starts screaming in terror as this thing is just rocking back and forth and back and forth. And there ain't no stopping this ride at this point, okay? And so it's swinging back and forth, and he's just like losing it. He's beat red, tears running down his eyes. And I'm like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And Laura's looking at me like, I told you. And I'm like, I'm not going to be okay, but you're going to be okay. You're going to live. And just remember what I look like. I was a dad. I was a good dad. Don't forget me, son. And, and as it's rocking back and forth, as it goes by the ride operator, Laura is screaming, shut the ride off. But the ride operator, all he sees is about 80 people going, no idea. It's exactly what sin is like. Well, this ain't going to be so bad. You can get on this little ride. And you get on, and it's kind of fun, isn't it? It's kind of fun for a while. And, but then, then you want to get off, and you can't get off. You want to get off that ride, you want, to, you want to stop doing it, but you can't stop doing it, and, and, and you swing from bondage to freedom, don't you? From bondage to freedom, from bondage to freedom, and you just can't get free. You're frustrated, you don't know what you're going to do and how you're going to get free, and the Apostle Paul says it so well. What a miserable person I am. Can I get an amen? Have you ever said that before? Amen? Man, I've said that. Man, I'm just miserable. That's what Paul says. I'm miserable. And and so we try everything we can to try to get free. Even as followers of Jesus, we think, here's what we do. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start going to church every Sunday. 
I'm going to go to church every Sunday, and I'm going to get free. And so you start coming to church every Sunday, and then you leave church on Sunday, and you're not 10 minutes into the parking lot, and you've already started to stumble right back into where you were before. Like, well, that didn't work. I don't get that. I, they said, if I went to church, everything would be okay, but I get to church, and it ain't working. So you're like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to join a core group. I'm going to get one of those small groups where they go into homes, and they pray for one another, support one another, and care for one another. And I, I've heard about that. I'm, I'm going to get in one of those groups. So you go to the group. You go to the group that night, and then you go home. You're not home 15 minutes, and you stumble again. You're like, what is, what is this? I'm going to church. I, I'm, I'm in a core group. You know, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to step up my game. I'm going to celebrate recovery. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to CR. I'm going to put my butt in that seat every Saturday night. I'm going to get into a group there, and I'm going I'm to get myself free from this. And then you go to celebrate recovery, and then you're there on that Saturday night. And before Sunday even arrives, before your butt's back in church on the Sunday morning service, you've already stumbled, and you've fallen again. You're like, I don't get this. What is going on here? Why is it I'm doing these things, but yet I am not getting free. Listen, those, those things that I talk about that are part of our restoration. All of those things I said are important. You should be in church. If you're not in church every Sunday, I'm telling you, you're missing it. You, you know, you should be in church every week. It's so important. You should be in a group. You should have people around you, surrounding you, that care about you, that love you, that know your name. You know, if you need Celebrate Recovery, you should be in Celebrate Recovery. Those are all part of your restoration. But it's not where we start. It's not where we start. So many followers of Jesus miss a critical step. See, the Christian life, the Christian life, what Paul is talking about here is this, this struggle that we have going back and forth, is the Christian life is not a works-based religion. The Christian life is a grace-based relationship. Okay? Let me say this again. The Christian life is not a works-based religion. That's why those things aren't working for you. It is a grace-based relationship. It starts with grace. Your freedom from that bondage that you're in starts with grace. If, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this one thing down. And hopefully this is going to help you to get set free. The same repentance that initially set you free will keep you free. The same repentance that initially set you free will keep you free. The one thing that is missing in the church today is repentance. When is the last time you came before God to truly repent? Repentance should be a, a regular part of our lives. Repentance is not just a one and done thing. Okay? Repentance is not something where you go, you know, I was a sinner, I was not a follower of Jesus, and I came to him, and I repented of my sin, I turned from my sin, and I turned to God, I'm good until Jesus comes back. No. That is a very true statement. If you're not a follower of Jesus today, I'm going to give you that opportunity to repent of your sin, to come into a relationship with Jesus. But here's the good news. It is not a works-based religion. It is a grace-based relationship. That same grace where God met you in repentance is the same grace that can set you free from the bondage and the things that you're dealing with in your life. Look at verse 25. Because Paul says, this is the answer. 
this is the answer. Paul says the answer is always found in Jesus. He says this, thank God, exclamation point. The answer is in, let's say this together, is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Turn to the person next to you and say, the answer is Jesus and not you. The answer is Jesus, not me, and not you. It has always been Jesus. It is Jesus. It will always be Jesus. He's the one that's going to set you free. He's the one that's going to give you the faith and the strength and the hope and the forgiveness that you need to get free. Paul says, so you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. Listen, you were incapable of saving yourselves in the beginning, and guess what? You're still incapable of saving yourself today. You have no ability. I have no ability. And the work of the cross isn't just for our initial salvation. It's, it's for our continual sanctification. That's a big word. I realize that. But it's not just a part of your initial salvation, but your continued sanctification. In other words, being made holy, getting free from the sin that so easily entangles us. If you were to go back to verse 20, Paul says, it's, it's sin living in me. That's the problem. That's the problem. That's, that's why I keep going back to that, because it's, it's sin, and i got to root that out. i got to get rid of that. I've got to come to a place of true repentance. We, we will continue to struggle until we come to that place of true repentance. Remember, the same repentance that initially sets you free is the same repentance that will keep you free. But too often, shame causes us to bury our sin before we ever truly deal with it. Man, have you ever, I mean, have you ever found yourself going, you, you just, you just want to get, you just don't, you don't want to think about it, you, you don't want to deal with it, you don't want to face it, so what do you do? Here's one thing we do, we minimize it. You know, it really wasn't that bad. It's just, it's, it's just one time. I didn't really get, it wasn't, didn't really hurt that person that bad, or wasn't as big as it was before, and so we begin minimizing it and or would brush it off or here's another one we blame somebody else well i wouldn't i wouldn't never done that if it hadn't been for that person you know if it, if it wasn't for my kids and the way they are if it wasn't because of my parents and the way that they they raised me and if it wasn't because of where i lived or where i worked or the people this and that and everything and we will take we take no responsibility for our sin we're minimizing it. We blame others. We're, we're, we're trying to think like, well, it's not that big a deal. That's not true repentance. True repentance is where you come before God and you own it. Like where you, you say to God, my bad. That thing that I'm, tr that's, that's on me. And you face it. You don't run from it. That's, we just we don't want to think about it. We don't want to talk about it. But, but where you get before God and you really face it. Man, I have screwed up. I have jacked my, my life. I've messed up. This is going to train wreck me. i got to get a hold of this. And this isn't pretty. And what's happening to me, I own this, God. And you grieve it. Like you have a funeral for it. You grieve that sin. God, I have broken your heart. Because I keep going back to that. I'm 
hurting you, I'm hurting myself, I'm hurting others. This is so ugly. I just need you to just take it. I own it. It was mine. Nobody else. I'll give it to you. When you do that, you truly repent. And you can bury it with God. Bury it. You sing the song. You walk away never to revisit it again. It is dead. It is buried. It is gone. This is how, how, how it works like this. Like, what, what is your, what's your reason? What is it? What's your struggle? It's not about just, I'm just going to walk away. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to get there. No, you, 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 you visit it. You look at it and you grieve it and you, you own it understand it and then you have that funeral for it and you walk away from it and when you begin to walk away from it and then you begin to do those steps I talked about towards your restoration you begin moving in that direction and when that temptation is visited upon you again you say to the devil uh uh I buried that in Christ I buried that in Christ it is done in Christ it is over he has forgiven me I've dealt with it I walked away from it that ain't who I am anymore it is gone. I'm not that person anymore. I do not have to visit that gravesite anymore. I don't have to go mourn it anymore. I don't have to go put flowers on it anymore. Let the grass grow over it to be forgotten forever. So I want us to do that right now. We're going to practice repentance together. I'd like for you to bow your heads. All of us in this room are in different places in our walk with Jesus. Some of you today, you're not a follower of Jesus. And this God that I'm talking about wants to bring forgiveness for the things that you've done. God can forgive me? Yes. Through the power of Jesus Christ, through his son dying on that cross, you can have freedom. your sin. Give it to him. This is what I've done, God. I'll stop blaming my parents. I'll stop blaming my friends. I'll stop blaming this and that. I'm owning it, God. This is my sin. I did this. I'm the one who sinned. God, I come before you, a broken person, a broken man, a broken woman. God, would you forgive me? Take it from me, God. Remove it from me. The Bible tells us if we pray that prayer and we have true repentance that our sins are forgiven, we are made new. And today I want to tell you that if you pray that prayer, you mean that truly in your heart, you're going to walk away from God says, welcome into my family. You are a child of God forgiven. Your sin is no more. But in the church, we need to deal with sin you're a follower of Jesus what is yours right now before God just this is it God God I've not been able to conquer this and it just keeps tripping me up so I'm coming all the way back to the beginning I see it I own it my heart is grieved because it's mine and nobody else's God, forgive me for blaming others. Forgive me for minimizing it. Forgive me for passing it off and, and burying it too quickly. And 
trying to just cover it up and instead of truly rooting it out. But God, would you take this from me? God, I'm going to walk out these steps in restoration with God's people and all of these things that we talked about. I'm going to walk that out in restoration. But God, today it's about repentance. Today it's about me getting this fresh start, this new start, getting it out of me. And God, I thank you that you bury it in Jesus' name. It's buried. It's gone. I'm having the funeral for it right now. We're singing the songs and it is over. I'm going to walk away from this. I'm never going to revisit it. I'm never coming back to this, God. I'm not putting flowers on it. Let the grass grow over it. Let it be forgotten. Uh, forgiven and forgotten for all eternity. Praise be to the God of heaven for forgiveness and restoration and grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's give God a big hand clap for repentance and restoration and forgiveness.